0: I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate Meathead Hippie. Welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to bring you this conversation with Dr. Udo Erasmus. This is such a good conversation, so near and dear to the present situation, which is how do we have space within self? How do we create space within self? How can we see the value and importance in it so we actually do it versus know we should do it? I am your host, Emily Schramm. This is a Meathead Hippie Podcast. I am, of course, a meathead forever and always in the way that I work out and train, but I have very much embraced my hippie ways. And anybody who can come onto the podcast and open up my heart in the way that Udo did, Just something really resonates about everything he says, especially in the meat of the podcast, no pun intended with my name, Meathead Hippie, but right in the middle, we get into some deep understanding about safety and our light and our frequency and our truth and how do we cultivate that in our own day-to-day practice. And for me right now in this time in my life, I am going through so many feelings and emotions about being a beginner and doing a lot of things I'm really bad at. You know, when we start these new lives or we begin a new chapter, most of the time we don't begin a new chapter because we're so comfortable at being good at what we used to be good at. And I have a theory that if we can't change our immediate environment or circumstance, we must change everything else and put ourselves in as many uncomfortable situations as possible to really expedite the growth and that's not an easy thing to do, right? When you're sucking at something, it's hard <laughs> and I, I can't tell you how many things right now I'm in the middle of beginning and beginning again and being a beginner takes so much strength takes so much radical acceptance of where we're at and how we just are. It takes more time. And this is from something very physical, like learning how to surf or learning a new skill or going back to the gym or for uh, training a certain way like Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu or learning a new language for the first time It's like, oh my gosh, how do I still not know how to speak Spanish? Like, I I thought it would be so much further along. So this deep, radical grace that we have to give ourselves, this deep acceptance. And what Udo talks about in this podcast is focus. And all I've been thinking about is that word focus. So to dig into that with him was so good. And I want to just read you something really quickly before we begin, because I feel like I pulled this card for all of us today. It is the strength card, and this is one of the major arcanum cards in the typical tarot deck that you might see in a in a hippie shop or at your friend's house or at your girlfriend's place, <laughs> or you yourself maybe have this. The strength is an embodiment of, it's uh, personified by kind of an angel woman with an infinity on her head touching a lion, and I love this definition of it. This invites you, this strength card invites you to understand that the only unconquerable power is the power of spirit. This card symbolizes our inner beast, those qualities that may be stronger than the mind. You can only tame them by cultivating the belief that you are stronger. By developing a balance between fear and courage, passion and discretion, you will gain confidence and resilience and be able to achieve any goal. However, it is necessary to harness these forces at the subconscious level, releasing the energy that we used to store in order to spend on suppression. Passion for life and ability to live with an open heart will help you express your unique gift and become a true creator of life. This card is so resonant for me for this conversation. For these conversations, I'm having in office hours. So if you didn't know this, I have a free office hours every Friday. And it's just a very easy way to get some one-on-one support with me if you need it. Talking about what supplements might be right for you, what meditations are needed, how to help you in any stage of your life. I'm very available. And I also have a free call tomorrow for anyone who can come Let's say you're listening to this podcast a couple days late. Just email support at com and ask for the recording for the community call. And it's just a really good gathering. And I'm going to talk about some of these themes that keep coming up, which is how do we use herbal support and plants to keep our heart very open in a time where it's very easy to close? How do we stay as open as we can? I also want to talk about human design and how to relate with each other in human design and also the importance of sourcing locally and understanding where our food systems are currently at and how we can be a direct advocate for improving the food system at a collective level and what it means to individually consume food or drink water from local sources and spaces. So really good stuff. If you're able to come, if you can't come live, ask for the recording. And some of the beautiful things that come up in these office hours, it all comes back to what Udo talks about today. Deep space, meditation, and focus. Where our focus goes, the energy flows. <laughs> Although he didn't necessarily love that quote, but we'll get, you'll listen to it. And let me share about Udo. He's the most fascinating man I've ever met. Udo Erasmus was born during the Second World War in Europe. He has said that he was born in hell and with a lot of help from visible and invisible friends, and he has walked a long crooked path from there to heaven. He has tried out many things, fruit picking, dairy farming, logging, mining, carpentry, house painting, clearing land, gardening, pesticide spraying, which would eventually change the course of his life. He spent a year in medicine and several years in science research he babysat pickled fish in a fish museum. (laughs) He's tried drugs, couch surf, dabbled in trumpet, flute, harmonica, sang in a choir. He even got married, a lover of biology and convinced that pregnancy is not a disease. He attended home births. Um, this is just such a fun, full of life story. And then he got poisoned by pesticides in 1980 And that's when he really dug into the healing of the body. So he has written several books, Fats and Oils, Fat That Heals, Fat That Kills, Choosing the Right Fats, Omega-3 Cuisine. He is a gem of a human, Udo Erasmus. So glad he got to become a guest on Meathead Hippie. I hope this opened your heart up as much as it did mine. And know that I'm here to support you in every way, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, There's so much available that I can give. If it feels resonant, just take a link, look at the link in the bios that I have for the podcast. And if you are new or if you are a devoted Empirica fan, thank you. This is my supplement line. You can always use the code MEATHEADHIPPY, all caps for 15% off. BCAAs, which are all the essential amino acids, the magnesium, the Trimag that I love, or you can build your own custom box. And if you need support on how to do that, just let me know. Big, big love. Enjoy the show. <laughs> I'm Emily Schram the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Well, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You have lived many lives in this lifetime, I believe, is fair to say. Would you say that?
1: Uh, That would be fair to say.
0: And right before we hit record, you just said something so profound. um,
1: Oh, I I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I said it, but I missed it. (laughs) Which was what?
0: You are 81, but you're just getting started. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell me, yeah, just that's your energy you bring into your life. Is this, this is just who you are.
1: Uh, that's who we all are in some place in our being. Mm. Right. But we're usually not that savvy about who we are, like, because we live mostly in reaction to what's coming at us from the outside, instead of taking time for stillness and getting present to our own being and discovering how incredible it is, how much peace there is, how much unconditional love there is within us taking care of our body. Right? And then the inspiration that is the shine of that, of that, that life energy that is solar energy, it's a fraction of solar energy. So we are children of the sun or, or in tech language, uh, solar energy gadgets, all of us, right, including the animals and the plants and the microbes. They're pretty much all solar energy gadgets and the solar energy is unconditional, empowering love a flow through the body that unconditionally loves and empowers the body for a lifetime 24 seven, no, no nights off, no days off, no, no strike going on strike for higher wages. You know, if you treat it badly, it doesn't treat you badly back. So no, no vindictiveness, right? And that's that's what and that's what we are in our basic essence. In our basic essence, that's what we are: unconditional, empowering love.
0: Why is it so hard? Yes. Well, because well, yeah,
1: because well, when you were in your mother's womb, you were in that space because you didn't know you had a body. You were floating in a tank. I call it the Buddha tank, right? Right before birth, you were floating around in the Buddha tank. There was no place to go. There was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of, and it was pretty safe. So where was your focus when you were in your mother's womb? Well, there was no place to go, right? So it was at rest, inside, in its source, in life, and behind that, in awareness, in peace. And so you hung out in a Buddha tank in deep meditation, it was boring. It was the boringest possible thing you could imagine, but you weren't bored. You were in bliss. You were in deep meditation, you know, like a, you know, a nine months unbroken meditation. So you came into the world of a, a yoga. And by the way, that's why kids are so attractive because they're still close to that light that we are. And they haven't lost their focus into the world yet and so they're original and they don't have language and they make sh- stuff up and they're really creative right that's why we like kids so much because that's what we want everybody and then and then what happened we came we got born and now the whole story changed you got to get to know the world you know if in biblical language say you you gained the world and lost your soul but you just lost connection to it. You didn't lose your soul. Soul's still there, light's still there, love is still there, but the focus isn't there. And the only difference between bringing that love to expression and not bringing that love expression and living in reaction is where your focus is. So if you sit down and you get still and you learn how to bring your focus into the space your body occupies, and you get in touch with that energy, you can actually see it, you can hear it, you can feel it, you can taste it. And when you feel that and you recognize, you know, if I say to you, hey, Emily, whose body is that? What's your answer? Mine. Mine. Yeah, this is my body. You know what you just did? You just busted yourself. You know why? Because if, if, if you say this is my body, you've just told me you're not the body. You've just told me you're the owner of the body. So who owns the body? Well, life owns the body. So you've just told me that you are life. You're not the body. See, we it's even in our language, like hidden in plain sight. Right?
0: Uh, okay. So in the, in how, I was thinking about this, right? We just had our North, United States Thanksgiving and- yeah how many Thanksgivings or just in general, like this whole black Friday holiday shenanigans that are happening. It's just so it's mad. Right. Yeah. So how do we have like what once we're present, it's like, it feels really good, but it is a little bit intimidating for people who haven't been present before because it feels almost like depression or it feels almost too still, or it feels almost like, um contentment like why is contentment terrifying for us you know and and so thinking of us learning how to be present or even in your own store.
1: yeah well it's contentment contentment is not terrifying to you if you experience contentment you will you will love it what's terrifying to us is the thoughts we have about it that somebody put in our head they're not even our own thoughts you know, oh, contentment, oh, do nothing, oh, that's selfish, or whatever it is, right? Oh, it's boring, right? Well, you know what? Fall in love with boredom. Fall in love with sitting still. Fall in love with it. It is the, of you know, we're supposed to be human beings, but we live like human doings. But if you think about it, what is more important, being or doing? Well, being is more important because you can, you can be without doing but you can't do without being. And being is your foundation. And if you're not in touch with your foundation, you're living without foundation. And when you live without foundation, then it's like, oh my God, you know, I've got bad thoughts about contentment. Oh my God, oh, it's, it's, everything's coming at me too fast. Oh my God, I'm freaked out. Oh my God, I'm anxious, anxious. Oh my God, what's gonna happen? And then you're tripping in your head, what if? What if the sky falls, right? What if, you know, what if my boyfriend leaves? What if my, you know, what if, what if the police come? What if, you know, and you're making this stuff up and it could be entertainment, so you could enjoy your creativity, but you're not. You're, ma- you're making it, you're pretending it's real. And then you freak yourself out. And none of this stuff that you're imagining, all, none of your what ifs are happening. You're just making the shit up. Right? Right. Right. And so you sit still. You know, why 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 can't people sit still? Because we're addicted to doing. Yeah. We're addicted. So you're going through withdrawal symptoms when you sit down to be still to find your foundation. You get through withdrawal symptoms. So when you're bored, because nothing's happening, you know, I I need something to be happening. No, you don't. When you're bored, that's a sign that you're going in the right direction. You're not there yet, but you've already come out of the doing. Now you're in boredom, there's nothing going on. But notice how much peace there is in the, bo- in the, in the boredom. And notice how restful it feels. Right? So, And it's all interpretation. Why, you, why don't you like it when nothing's happening? It's just interpretation. You got some head trip that's, that you got from somewhere, you probably didn't make it up. It's probably in your culture. It's selfish to spend time with yourself. But here's the thing. You were given the gift of life. You didn't earn it. It was given. It's a gift given to you. And what is life? What is, what is like you, you know, Emma? You know, the meathead hippie, right? You know, so here you are. You were given this present. What, what is it? Well, it's made out of a little bit of dust it's made out of three buckets of water, two buckets maybe, because you're not really big, right? Two buckets of water, a handful of dust, a little bit of gas, and a little bit of sunshine running it, and put together in a way that gets you to have the human experience. Well, water can't have that experience, and dust can't have that experience, and air can't have that experience, and sunlight can't have that experience. But when they're all mixed together, In this magnificent way, you get to laugh and you get to dance and you get to write poetry and you get to have adventures and you know all the stuff you do, right? And you get that for maybe 100 years if you're lucky. Before that, you didn't exist for 4 billion years at least, well, forever, ever, however long it goes back. And after it's done, you're not going to exist forever, another 4 billion years before the sun collapses. Right? And so here you are, this thing that you are. Why aren't you completely fascinated, being fully, 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 fully present in it and enjoying it to the max? Because it's a gift you were given that if you don't enjoy it, nobody else can enjoy it for you. So then it's a wasted gift. So when somebody says to you, oh, no, it's selfish to spend time with yourself. No, it's not. I'm actually—it's selfish not to enjoy the gift, right? So I and and when I, you enjoy the gift and you take the time to discover what you are, you discover you have talents you had no idea you had. So then, when it comes to giving to the world, you have a lot more to give when you're fully present than when you're just in your head. So everything we've been told about that is complete bullshit.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And we, live
1: in a, and we live in a time where all the bullshit we've been following is really messing up the world. It's, oh. messing, it's messing us up personally, it's messing up our relationships, and it's messing up the planet. And, and there, there is no way back from that, other than that we change our state of being. You know, I, I need to experience myself as peace, as love, as inspiration. And from there, I can I can then be an effect, an influence in the world, in my world, in that direction. And I can do that here, I can do that here, but I can't make that happen for you. You have to do it for you, I have to do it for me, 8 billion people have to do it for themselves. You know, your savior is your breath, is your life, saves you every breath, right? So, and we're looking for it out there, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, and then, and then we, you know, we, we think my, our mother should do it for us, and if she takes off, or we, we get kicked out of the house, or we're grown, or whatever, well then we want the government to be our mother, you know, and first it's the city government, and then it's the provincial government, and then it's the national government, and then it's the World Health Organization, or the United Nations, right? right. But we want somebody else to do the work. And at the same time, we're not willing to do nothing. Because if you sit down and really do nothing, you go to heaven.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: all the wise people ever through history have always said, do that first. You Mm -hmm. know, kingdom of heaven is within you, seek first the kingdom of heaven. But that doesn't mean memorize a head trip about it. That means bring your awareness into the space and experience that space. And that's what the masters did, and that's what they talked about, and that's what they recommended we put first. Because when you feel whole and you feel cared for, then it's not about you anymore. Then you can just look around and say, well, there's nothing left to do except to help where I can. So what needs to be done around here? So who can I help? So what can I what can I make better, right? Oh, plant a tree, you know, whatever, you know, make a little pond so that your lawn doesn't dry up in summer or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Right.
0: Guess, well, your perspective of the withdrawal symptoms, I've never heard it said that way. And I really appreciate that, which is yeah. just a helpful reframe for people who do struggle, of course. And I, I struggle with this, too, is there's times where it is a little extra harder to be still. And the thought is yeah. so but, extra crazy. Right. But that's a good.
1: But but you but you know how it's not hard when you were a kid. I don't know if you ever played hide and seek. You ever play hide and seek? Okay, you ever remember you, we were on farms, so like we were in nature, right? And so you're hiding, and you only got 10, 10 seconds to hide or 20 seconds to hide, right? So you go like hell, and oh, my God, you think there's a good be hiding place. And you, and you find out that you're kind of still exposed. Mm-hmm. Right? And you say, oh, shit, they, they're gonna find me really fast, right? So yeah. what do you do? What do you do? You get really still? How quiet can you get? You know, you can't break a branch. You can't, you can't twist a leaf because they'll hear it. So how still can you be? And how deep can you go into that stillness? And how long can you stay there? And what do you discover in that stillness when you're not worrying about the guy who's going to catch you, but when you just go into the stillness and experience what is in the stillness? Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then and the kind of another tangent of your thoughts about this, which is, you know, we can't receive when we're doing, you know, so I would love your perspective of why do we have such a hard time receiving? Is it because it involves the stillness? Is it a self-worth thing? Is it a little bit of all of the above, you know, to really open yourself up to just receive? whatever. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I think difficulty receiving just depends on what kind of a bullshit head trip you've created around it. Right? right? So you can say, well, I'm not worthy. Well, I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know what you're receiving all the time, every time you take a breath, y- you could thank all of the green plants that make the oxygen. Yeah. So every every in breath could be a thank you. And then every out breath, you're giving carbon dioxide that the trees need that the plants need. So it's kind of like, thank you you're
0: welcome
1: thank you <laughs> you're welcome right and so that's called reciprocity right
0: yes yes yeah um, so
1: so and you and you're in that but in your head it's not you not necessarily in that you need to be in that in your experience right experience your presence in your surroundings and we're trained to just always go and focus in our head where all of our crazy ideas are. And if you examine your belief systems, probably half of it is just garbage. You know, like money doesn't grow on trees, right? Actually you pick apples, you get money, money grows on trees, right? <laughs> so exactly. it's like even, even simple stuff like that, right? Or, you know, if you don't, if you don't study history, you're bound to repeat it. No. If you study history, you're bound to repeat it because you start thinking that people going around killing each other is normal.
0: Oh, isn't it becomes, that true? Oh, my God. Right? Yes.
1: Yeah. So, you, so so then you say, okay, well, don't study history. Get present in your own space and find where the peace is that makes love, uh, that makes uh, war unthinkable yeah. and where the love is that makes war unnecessary right? Because people who love each other don't beat each other to death, right? I gave a, I gave a talk on uh, peace one time, because I, I practice peace, I know what it is, I have a, you know, and peace is everywhere. It's already everywhere. It's always been everywhere, everything, everywhere. But your access to it is in the core of your being. So when you get, find the peace in the core of your being, your access point, you notice, That that peace isn't limited to the dimensions of your body, that peace, you're a center of a peace that goes from the core of your being outward in every direction to infinity. It's always been everywhere, right? If you look in the garden, you know, you see the trees, the trees are growing, you don't see them growing, but (laughs) they're growing, right? So the trees are there and the grass is there and the fence is there, you know, and there's so much peace. There's nothing, you know. This peace is like space; it's everywhere. And you have an explosion in space; it doesn't change space, right? The space stays the same. Well, peace is like that. Even the wars that we're talking about are taking place in perfect peace. But the focus of the people in the wars are not is not accessing their peace, so that they see it everywhere. They got an idea in their head, you, my enemy, I'm going to kill you. The other guy, you, my enemy, I'm going to kill you. And then in perfect peace, they carry out this. That's what they're putting into peace. And it's stupid on both sides, always. Now, I was born in a war, in the Second World War. I was a refugee kid when I was two and a half years old. And we were fleeing out of Poland with the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks down dirt roads on horse-drawn hay wagons, women with young children, all the men were off to war, no military presence on those roads, and the Allies, the good guys, you know, we call them the good guys, they were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. So we were, got it from behind and we got it from in front. And then my mother, uh, you know, there were dead horses and dead people in the ditches. My mother got fried in all of the chaos, and she decided, and it was winter, she decided it was safer to go through the fields because all the shooting was on the roads and all the tanks and trucks were on the roads. So she decided to go through the fields because it was safer. But she had six kids with her, so she had to leave four of, them, four of us behind. And imagine being a mother having to make that decision. And I was one of, the, one of the ones left behind. We eventually, my, my mother's sister found out about it and uh, found us wherever we ended up, and then eventually we got reunited. But imagine, and all of this crazy shit is going on in complete perfect peace, right? Why? And so then you have to ask yourself, what, well, what am I putting into that peace? Because whatever you do, that's what you're putting into peace. Right? And does it make sense that you might have a little bit of thought put into, what would I like to put into a peace to to make a world that works for everybody? Right? Because we could do it. 8 billion people could do that, because they have that peace inside, they have that unconditional love inside, they have that inspiration that is the shine of that love into the world. They all have it, doesn't matter race, gender, age, culture, nationality, religion, doesn't matter because this is biological, right? Only what is the issue? That none of the cultures and none of the nations and none of the religions tell you that what you're looking for in, your, in terms of your contentment is already within you and you need to sit down, sit still, go there, get good at going there, because every day your senses will take you out. And every day you have to deliberately bring yourself back. That's just a, that's part of being human.
0: Wow.
1: Right. And you've been there and you've been there. So it's not like this is a, a foreign strange place. You've been there and it was fine. It was fine. Whatever ideas you have about how bad it could be when you go inside, you've been there for nine months and it was amazing.
0: Right. So, you grew a lot, yeah. You grew so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And and you were and yeah, and everything was okay, right?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. It was so when it has you has to be deliberate. It has to be deliberate. That's so beautiful. And I also, are you like right when you wake up, you meditate, you go to that place, or do you access it multiple times a day, or what do you feel is? is everyone a little different?
1: Well. Uh, it, you make it work one way or another. I what I do is before I get out of bed, I I, I make it a joke. I say, okay, look, when I wake up, I want to check in with myself to see if I'm still there, because if I'm not there anymore, there's no point getting up, right? That's a joke, right? But I just I like to start my day that way.
0: I like that because
1: in because when I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming and I have trippy dreams and you know you get more rest in meditation than you get in sleep. Ooh. Because, because you get to decide where your focus goes. Ooh. And once you get good at it, you get really good at it, you get so much rest from just finding that stillness and staying in that stillness and being focused in that stillness. Right? So it doesn't get better than that. So I do it in the morning. And then uh, when I first started, I would do my practice and feel really good. And then I get out and psh, I'd be immediately be back into the world. And then one day it occurred to me, damn it, there must be a way that I can stay in that peace when I get out of bed. And so then it was like, Okay, I want to I want to feel that peace, because I like it. And I live like to live in it. And it, it, it's like, it's the best, right? And I want to drag that piece into the world with me. And that's called simultaneous presence when you're present inside and then present in your world as well. And that's your connection, your presence to yourself in yourself is your connection to the world. If you're disconnected from yourself, you're disconnected from the world too. Right? So all the work, all the important work is homework.
0: Wow.
1: And you have 100% jurisdiction, 100% sovereignty in the space your body occupies. Because your Prime Minister and your President can't go there, right? They can go into that space in themselves, but they have no power over you in that space. So you can go there anytime you want, you can go as deep as you want, you can hang out there day and night you know, or you can say, well, you know what, I want to go check in, see if it's still there. And then I'm just going to get totally get into the crazy world, and just hang out and bounce around in the crazy world, you can do it any way you want. Because you have 100% jurisdiction. Right? And I got to a point where I said, you know, I had an experience, I'll tell you about it in a second. I had an experience. And then that experience was very powerful. And it became a memory. And it's damn it, I want to stay in that experience. When it was live, when it was real, that was so powerful, so beautiful. I want to stay in that experience. And then that got me, and then how do I do that? Because I didn't know, right? So how do I stay in that experience? And that question led me to somebody. I got to a point where I said to somebody, you know, I know there's a perfection within me, and I sort of tapped my chest when I said it. I know there's a perfection within me. I know I'm not connected to it. This is like truth telling here, right? (laughs) You know? Uh, And I need to find somebody to show me a step because I have been trying to figure it out and I haven't been able to figure it out. And that question took me to somebody who showed me a a method. And, uh, And what got me when I heard him talk, he said, the peace you search for in the world is within you. And I can reveal you that peace, and I, you know, I'm a war baby, so I, I, I always had a big burr up my butt about peace, right? And I was in the peace movement until I figured out, I figured out it's an anti-war movement. It's not even about peace. And I would, was, I was clear. I wanted to know what peace is. And this guy was 14, and I was 30, and I, and he said that I can show you the peace that's within you. And I thought, 14 huh? year, you know what? I've been around, what's a 14-year-old going to teach me? But then I thought, well, I don't think he can, but just in case he can, I wouldn't want to miss it, so I'll, I'll check him out. So I was like, oh, totally iffy. And then he showed me a method. And literally, it's just, you know, it's always just about bringing, you, bringing the focus in, bringing the focus in. You're not creating anything, you're just discovering what's already there. And what's already there you could say you're born a master child like a little buddhi like a you know if buddha is the male then bu, Budhi is is the female right so you're born a little buddha you're born a little christ you're born a little krishna right because what we call christ krishna buddha is actually the energy that keeps you alive and they they, they spoke from that energy, because they did stillness practice. And they spoke to that energy in people, and people, some people liked the message. And they wanted to know how do I get to the space that you're living in, because I like the feeling. And he would then show them what he does to go there. And fundamentally, you want to create a safe space. And then you turn off your senses, you turn down the lights, you turn off the music, or the, the whatever the noise, right? And you, uh, uh, you know, and then you, you just sit in a comfortable place so that you can feel what it feels like to be alive. And then you hang out in that space. And you take time for yourself to do that homework, right? If there's a, if there's, if self care is important, that is the most important part of self care, because you recognize how much care is in you. You're being cared for all the time through all your dramas and all your traumas and all your circumstances and all the crises and all of the bullshit. Something is taking perfect care of you. 24, 7, 365 lifelong. And why wouldn't you want to get to know that? It's, it's, it's being really good to you. You know, you want a soulmate. Your soul is your soulmate, right? you know, and you can have a, you can have a partner and have kids and do all of that. But your soulmate lives inside of you already. Right? And if you want if you want to get your fulfillment from your partner, good luck on that. Because usually what happens is they're like you, they haven't haven't done their homework, they can't get to the fulfillment inside, just like you can't get to the fulfillment inside because you haven't done your homework. And then and then where you know, or the love, let's say, you know, can't find the love inside. So I'm looking for it from you. And you can't find the love in you haven't done the homework. So you're looking at it for me. Well, I can't get to it to bring it into the relationship. And you can't get to it to bring it into the relationship. Well, where the hell is the love in the relationship supposed to come from, if neither of the people can get to it to bring it in? Right? <laughs> That's what's wrong with relationships. But if and so, and so, so do the homework first, and then get into a relationship, because then you're not deep, then you can bring it in, then you can bring that love into the relationship, then you're not putting pressure on the partner to make you feel whole, because they can't, you know, because they can't make you feel whole. So you have to feel whole before you go into the relationship, if you want a really good relationship.
0: I love, uh, so what you said, can you take me through a little bit more about the word focus in your meditation, in your practice of presence? That word keeps coming up for me and I'm like, okay, focus. What could that look like for someone? Say we're being still, is it focus on, let's, it depends, like our breath or our body or maybe even like in your own practice how focus has developed or what that word means for you because I really feel that's that's something I'm like I'm focused in on focus <laughs> that's yeah yeah, yeah it's, really no it, it,
1: it's perfect because that's the key word because wherever you focus go that's what you learn and that's what your reality becomes so if you're focusing like you know I, I'm a biology major right I wanted to know what life is so I studied biology so I know a lot of stuff about what's taught in biology. I never learned anything about life, I learned about form and function, but biology does not teach you about life, even though it's called the study of life. And I always thought we would have a beaker of life, you know, eventually in the studies, have a beaker of life that would be half full with something liquid and shining. That's how I imagined what life was. Well, we never got to that beaker. We talked about form and function, and I learned a lot of details about form and function but and i said to my lab partner you know we should study ourselves because here we are we have form and function together and love and life all together and we don't have to kill it to get to know it so that's what i said to my lab partner in my first year of of biology it's like ages ago and his eyes just glassed over he completely didn't get it (laughs) right so focus so focus is basically where you put your attention, or putting your attention, okay? It's just like giving attention to something, right? That could be something inside, that could be something outside. It could be, it could be any one of your sensory modalities, so you could be listening to music, that would be a focus, or you could be watching a light show or a sunset, you know, that would be a focus, a visual focus. Or it could be feeling sensations in your body, that would be like feeling, right? And if you sit, if you lie really still, you will notice sensations. Maybe you'll feel like a little twitch in your ankle or something, right? So that's that's a feeling focus. And then taste, you can have a taste focus. Smell, there's no, there's no air currents in the body, in the body tissue. So there's no smell. So smell is only an external sense. But you can, smell, you can focus on the smell of the roses when you walk by the hedge, right? So that's, that's an olfactory focus. And you can focus in your head and then you'll be in thoughts. And then you can be sort of in your head and sort of in your body, and then you'll be in emotions, right? It's like, what's the difference? Like there are states of being that are unconditional, which means there's no mental content. They don't depend on anything. If you want to experience one of your states of being, could be peace, could be calmness, could be contentment, could be fulfillment, could be wisdom. I know maybe maybe wisdom not so much, but uh, love and inspiration. Yeah, those you literally just go to those in your being because they are there as states of being with no mental content. So you don't have to have a reason, you don't need a reason to go there. These are absolutes. Emotions always have mental contact. I'll be happy when everybody loves me. That's, that's one that makes sure you'll never feel, you, you'll, you'll never be happy because everybody won't ever love you, right? Not everybody, right? right? Yeah. So, so focus is really, is like where your attention goes. And you have literally, it's the one freedom that you have that is really true freedom. You know, we were like in, in Canada where the what is it called? The true North, strong and free. You know, and you guys, well, what is your what is your free thing? Um
0: the land, huh? land of the free. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Is it the land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The land of the brave, the
1: home of the free. Or the other way yeah, around, yeah, right? Yeah. So free. But are you free? No, because you have to pay taxes. And you have to drive on the right side of the road. And you, and, you, and you can't say certain things. And you can't threaten to kill somebody. So you don't have freedom. In, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm, it's a good thing that we don't have those freedoms. And you can't literally do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want. Because that's not freedom. That's license. Because freedom has responsibility attached to it right? And all behavior has consequences. So so it's stupid to talk about freedom. But it's a it's a trigger, word. it's a knee jerk word. Oh, yeah, in the land of the free, you know, we're the free people who impose democracy on other countries. Well, democracy is freedom, right? So we imposed freedom on other countries. Uh, how is it freedom when you impose it on somebody? Right? So it's like, Yeah, there's a lot of things. When you start examining it, it's like all falls apart. But you have the freedom to put your focus wherever you want to put your focus. Except you may not know that there are some options of where you could put your focus, in which case you don't even have freedom there, right? And so the whole idea of good education is that you let people know as many of the options that exist on the planet as possible. So that they can choose which is the one that turns them on the most, right? Or which is the one that they want to pursue, or which is which which area of focus is the one they be, want to be competent in, or how they develop a skill set. You know, I wanted when I was a really a kid, like maybe four years old, I wanted to be a shoemaker because I realized that everybody on the planet needed shoes, so I could literally it was a global project, right? Everybody needs shoes, so being a shoemaker was a global global project. And of course, you know
0: what my family family name is? It's a uh, Schumacher, which was shoemaker. So we, I come from a family oh, of shoemakers.
1: Okay, but how does that come? How do how do you get to Schramm from?
0: So Schumacher was the other family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be,
1: oh, okay, yeah. But Schumacher Schumacher is a is a German word for shoemaker. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my so, family name. We definitely made shoes at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I wanted. So, you know. And then a couple of years later, I wanted to be a fireman. You know, because that had more glory and more, more. You know. So, but, <laughs> but the point, but the point of focus is where do you want your focus to be? If you want your focus to be inside, because you've decided, I've talked you into, or you've decided, from me talking about it. That maybe you'd like to discover what's within you. Well, the first thing you have to do is sit still, and dampen dampen your externalization of your senses, right? Because that's automatic. Because that's like the moment something changes. You know, like if somebody walked into your in the side door of your room right now, I would lose you as an audience immediately, because the moment there's why because you have to check it. Is it friend, is it foe? Do I run, do I fight, or is it irrelevant? And you have to do that all the time. Anytime that something's moving or something is changing, you have to assess it. That's survival, that's part of survival, right? So you wanna make a safe place, dampen down your sensory, your external sensory information, become as still as you can, and literally look around inside, listen in, like listen, look inward. But you can't do that by turning your eyeballs. You have to bring the awareness in, right? The focus of awareness in. Listen inward. Feel what's inside. Taste what's inside. Right? Uh, and, that's, and and then you can get methods, but the methods can also interfere. Because then you get focused on the method. And the method mm-hmm. is not the movement of focus. The method is just a way of maybe, maybe calm you know, calming down the externalization. And then it's just a matter of practice because you're really good at going out like we all are, right? Because we do it all the time. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can describe that. Oh, yeah, there's a trampoline. Oh, yeah, I've got some blinds in front of the window. Oh, yeah, the trees have lost all their leaves and there's a fence and the fence is getting old. And, you know, it's like we could just go on and on and on because we're so good at it. Oh, there's a bookshelf and I got a, a clock that I got from Ireland at the airport in one of my travels, right? And, oh, there's a photo that my daughter took of kids in Africa when she was in Uganda, right? So I have, so you, you could, you know, So we're really good at doing that because we're doing it all the time. Oh, I think I just heard a plane fly, right? So we're really good at doing that, but we're not very good at internalizing our senses and seeing what's in there and, and hearing what's in there and feeling what's in there. And so it takes practice and that's just because the first time you try it, you don't immediately get enlightened and say, ah, it's too hard. Ah, it's too boring. Ah, it's, it's not worth it. Ah, it's not worth it. I
0: don't know know if it's working. Maybe it's not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then if
1: you'd have done that, you still wouldn't be walking. If you'd have done that with the outside world, you still wouldn't be walking. You'd have said, ah, you know what? I fell down three times. You know what? I don't think walking's for me. I'm just going to go crawl through life. Right? Mm -hmm. But no, you do it and 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 you you get a little bit of encouragement, that's, that's nice too. You don't get a lot of encouragement for going inside, other than the feeling that is its own reward, right? But um, yes, so it takes practice. Uh, and, 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 and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what makes it, and I, since you're a traveler and an adventurer, heartache. Heartache, you know heartache. You know heartache.
0: I do know heartache.
1: Yes. Yes. You know what heartache is?
0: Ah, oh, tell me. I would love your reframe on it.
1: Okay. So, when we were in our mother's womb, we were. Our focus was present inside, but absent outside. We didn't even know who our mother was. We didn't even know there was such a thing. No language. No world. No nothing. Just like. Focus was inside, so, and absent outside. Then, when we came into the world, we had to get to know the world, and gradually our focus went from being present inside, absent outside, to being present outside, absent inside. And that's where heartache began our disconnection from ourselves. And that is the foundation of heartache. Now, now we're in, out in the world, we don't know that, we don't remember that. And now we got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, or a favorite pet or a favorite grandma. Or, and we put a lot of energy and a lot of love into that. And everything in the outside world changes and ends. And so grandma dies. Ah, and you feel it in your chest. And we call it grief or sorrow or sadness. Right? Or your boyfriend boots you out you call it heartbroken, and you feel it in the same place, right? Or you don't have a boyfriend, but you wish you did, then you call it lonely. And then or something, you know, you feel like you're missing something. So you call it longing, uh, yearning, striving, um, uh, oh yeah, blues, mustn't forget blues, right? And so I have 10 pages of different words that people call this feeling in your chest. And if you think about it, whether it's sorrow or blues, the feeling's the same in here. And how, no, come, and how here. come, and how come the same feeling has so many different names? Uh. You know why? Because we call heartache by the trigger. But the trigger is not the cause. The cause is your disconnection from yourself. The trigger is whatever else you've tried to use as a substitute Substitute ends. Feeling of loss. Something's missing. Restless. Empty. Right? Those are all words for heartache. So, what is heartache? Heartache is the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive. It's a gift. Do you ever think of heartache as a gift?
0: I will after this conversation. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> In other words,
1: no. <laughs> okay, now why is it a gift? And it doesn't feel, you know, it's uncomfortable. And it's un- and you feel uneasy, right? I understand it. Painful. Yeah, painful. You might even cry when you feel it, right? But why no, is it I a feel gift it
0: now? I can totally yeah. feel it now. It's like the, you know, it's just like, whoa, Okay. Here okay. it is. It's so here's. Like, it's like, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good sign. Anyway, so <laughs> so why is it a gift? Just uh, like just like thirst makes water relevant, and hunger makes food relevant, and uh, the need to yeah. breathe makes oxygen relevant. Heartache makes stillness practice relevant. It's your heart. Uh. It's your heart calling your focus to come back home inside and to reconnect to that place you were in when you were in your mother's womb. And that's where your wholeness lives, to reconnect to your wholeness, to reconnect to your oneness, to reconnect to your divinity, to reconnect to your un- the unconditional love that you are, to reconnect to the perfect peace that is your universal essence. And that's why it's a gift. So when you feel heartache, it focuses you. Talking about focus, right? How does it focus you? Well, it takes you out of your head, pulls you in into feeling, right? Makes you simple. Because anything that gets you out of your head makes you simple. So sit with it. Feel it. Appreciate it. Accept it. Recognize the power it has to call you home. And then meditation or the stillness practice makes sense when you understand that heartache is your call to come home. Because meditation is about coming home. Stillness practice is coming home to yourself and discovering, rediscovering. It's not even your discovering, it's rediscovering what it is to be alive. That's why it's the greatest gift you've been given, other than being alive. If it wasn't for heartache, you would get lost in the, you know, through your senses, you'd get lost through your senses in the world, you would never find your way back home. How how incredible in design that nature put that in you so that you could you would always have a chance to come home and never get lost in it and, and never find your way home. Is that cool?
0: Oh, my God. It makes me so emotional.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's all good. That's all good.
0: That's so beautiful. I I
1: started feeling that when I was 17. And after the war that I went through and all the stuff that I did, I couldn't shake it. And I got it was there all the time. And I didn't know what it was. And nobody talked about it. People told me, oh, why don't you just get a, a job like your brother? Or don't think about it. It'll drive you crazy. You know, they would tell me crazy stuff like that. Because they didn't want to deal with theirs, so it's better we better we just don't talk about it. Okay, well, let's not talk about it, right? And I couldn't shake it, and so for me it was always a driver. For me, it's like something's missing. There's something missing. I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm going to find it. And I ended up leaving university because I didn't. I thought I'd find it in biology. I didn't. Then I in psychology. I didn't. Then in medicine. I didn't. And uh, then I went to, through a few other courses uh, without registering for them, just to sit in on them to see if I would find it there. And I got to the point, you know what? What I'm looking for is not at university. And the truth is I was looking for myself because what was missing was me. What was missing was me from my awareness, right? Because my focus was always somewhere else, you know, out there or in here so you, so the stillness practice so, so start with heartache, sit with heartache and be, be and be there because that far like less than a hair's breadth behind your heartache is your reconnection is, is your wholeness is your is your Christ nature is your Buddha nature is your Krishna nature is your life which is life is you know like you, your life is a, is a fraction of solar energy. So you are, I think I already said you're a solar energy gadget, right?
0: I, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful! I thank you for all that wisdom. I, I, I also I had these two questions I have to ask you, even because yeah. they're t- tangents. But I love that your pursuit of your best self is what has led you to this wisdom. Right? It's just so mm-hmm. well. That's the only and,
1: thing that can. That's the only thing that can, <laughs> mm-hmm. because yeah. your best self is that wisdom.
0: Wow! Yeah. Right. Totally. Wow. And yeah. and and the
1: wisdom is sure. built. The wisdom is built into us, but we have to be present within us to read it, to see it, to notice it. Yeah. And I've got ten thousand pages yeah. of notes that come from, that come from, going inside about all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so what are your questions?
0: Well, I was, I've done, you know, my research and some of your stories and your um, past. And one of the things that fascinated me the most was what happened. I think it was 1980 or 1981 when you got pesticide poisoning. Oh
1: yeah. 1980.
0: 1980. And I thought that that was so relevant to today, even now, because there still is so much pesticide in our food, you know, everywhere we go, the Especially in Northern America. It you know, and I just am curious of your process of healing, cleansing, but even more importantly, you said something that I think everyone should know, which was within a year you can change every cell of your body. You know, your oh, yeah, body yeah. is re- and I it gave me so yeah. much hope. You know, thinking yeah, well, how much
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it. Your body <laughs> is made out of food, water, and air and light runs it. Okay. So, but it's always turning over. Because you know, if you go in a shower and you haven't had a shower for a days, you know, you rub your skin and this little sausage, we call them sausages, these little sausages of skin come off, right? Right. So you know, that's skin. So you know, your skin is turning over.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, every year. So you're, you're, you know, and the reason why you have to eat it's because your body's always turning over and you got to keep resupplying essential nutrients and nutrients, right? And fuel, right? Because you burn the fuel, you know, the, the sugar turns into carbon dioxide and water. You breathe out the carbon dioxide, you pee out the water, you know, now you need more sugar, right, or fuel, whatever. So if you figure it out, there the people who, people estimate, the people who, Think about this kind of stuff. They estimate that about 98% of your body is removed and replaced every year, every year. Now that, you know, and then somebody on one, one time, somebody say, oh, well, where's your, where's your proof? Okay. Well, I don't have proof. That's an estimate, right? But think about it this way. If you drink three liters of water, do you drink the water you're supposed to drink? Three liters of water. Yeah. So if you drink three liters of water a day, three liters times three hundred and sixty-five is uh, over over a thousand liters. A thousand liters is a thousand kilograms. What do you weigh? And uh, 70,
0: 72 kilograms.
1: Okay, so seventy-two kilograms. You're drinking in one year a thousand kilograms. So seven hundred and twenty would be. 10. So a 1000 is like around 15, right? 15 times your entire body weight of water goes through your body every year. 15 times, right? And it's kind of you you, you, you know, you pour it in the top and you drain it out the bottom, right? But you also sweat it out and you breathe it out and, and some goes out with your poo, right? And but so, so this water is going through, I mean, five times your weight. So now you're talking about five, uh, 50 uh, 15 times, you're talking about 15 times your weight of your body goes through your body, but some of the tissues are slower. You know, every, every nutrient, every essential nutrient, every mineral, every vitamin, every essential amino acid, every fat, essential fatty acid, they all have different rates at which they move through the body. Oxygen moves through your body too. It goes in as oxygen, comes back out as carbon dioxide. So your whole body is just a movable feast, a moving feast, right? And the reason why healing is possible is because your body is always turning over. So if something goes wrong with your body, like my pesticide poisoning, or you get a cut, or you get, you know, some whatever it is, right? A toxicity. Your body's turning over, and if you raise your standard for food intake, then in one year, you will have replaced up to 98% of your body and rebuilt it to a higher standard. So you want things to be better? You need to set a higher standard. You want to be the best human being you can be? Emulate the masters. Right? You want the be- You know, you, you want... You want total health, then give your peace and your love and your inspiration and your body and your protective mind and your social group and your environment and the big picture, give each one of them the attention it needs to serve you the best way. It's always about raising standards. You know that in your life, I don't know, I don't know how you live, but in your life, I can predict. That the areas where you pay attention, things are going relatively well, and the areas you neglect, because you don't feel like, you know, or you have some weird idea about it, the areas you neglect, things are kind of falling apart, they're definitely not getting better, right? Is it true?
0: Well, sure, it's where my energy goes where my attention goes the energy flows like
1: yeah that's that that's another one of those memes i i i wouldn't mind taking apart but 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 it's what you pay attention to you know the, the point is that where you have standards things operate to standard or you're getting closer to it you you can also say st- set the standard and then every time and and but be clear what the standard is And then every time you don't come up to that standard, you fail. And every time you fail, you get to look at why you failed. And then you learn something and you get a little little closer to the standard. So you can literally fail your way to success if you set a high standard and never give up on it. And my standard Mm -hmm. for me is I want to experience what the masters experienced because of all the models of who to be like. That's the model that always made the most sense to me. Okay. I don't want to be those guys. I want to know what they experienced and and I know how to, what's that?
0: Who would you consider? Who would you consider the masters? Like who's that? Who's that? The
1: the great masters. Buddha, Krishna, Ram, Lao Tzu, Huang Po, Christ, uh, maybe Socrates even fits the club. Socrates okay. is the closest the Western world comes to, you know, know thyself. You know, that was his thing, know thyself. He didn't say, know everybody but thyself. He said, know <laughs> thyself, right? Yeah. That, what's know thyself? Do the homework, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm talking about those people, they had wisdom, they had understanding, they were practical, they weren't complicated. They didn't lie to people. They didn't cheat, you know, they didn't charge, right? So it was not never about all of the man-made systems that that we keep screwing up. Okay. But it was always about human nature and the internal, the internal world. Yeah. And the more present you are in your eternal world, in your internal world, the better experience you're going to have of your life. Knowing that you, you come in human form, and one day you're going to leave that human form, why wouldn't you want to have the best possible experience for this incredible gift you've been given? Mm. Right? So for me, it was always those masters that, and then I read, I've read, i read some of their scriptures and the things they wrote and the things that were said about them. But I didn't want to just memorize the words. I want to have the experience. And nobody ever said you couldn't. Yeah. You know, now now, when they hear me say that, they might start saying that. But, <laughs> oh, no, no, you can't do that. No, but... And so that's always that's always been my goal. I want to be like that, filled with peace, filled with love, filled with inspiration, and be a light in in whatever darkness I live in. Because you are the light in your darkness, right? You are the savior of your your of your corrupted self. Because corruption just means out of line with the truth, right? And if the truth is that you are a a master baby you know, a great master baby, if that's the truth, then not living like that is corruption. And then when we when we get corrupted from that, then we start lying and cheating and and taking and, 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 and thinking that we need more. And you know, then you have people who have billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they are just as petty as the people who have nothing. You'd think and you'd think that if you had a lot of money, you'd be really happy and we kind of get told that. Not true. I've met people in India, they had nothing. They were blissed out, because their hearts were rich, they were rich in their hearts, and they did, they did their practice. They did their homework. Right. And then out of that, out of that, out of that rich heart, rich heartedness, you can build a world that works for everybody. And there's nothing in our nature that says that's not possible. If you know our nature, if you don't know your nature, you can be, oh, that's not possible. Right? But if you know your nature, you say, we are made for that. We're wired for that.
0: Yeah. And what you just said is not living like that is corrupt. It is, that is the self betrayal. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Is so beautiful.
1: Yeah. So on beautiful. the other hand, on the other hand, you also got to remember. The disconnection from yourself is a normal natural necessary process for human beings. So, what we tend to do is well let's we try to distract ourselves from it because we don't like it, or we ignore it, or we deny it, or we come up with some cockabunga theory about it. And we pull that over our head every time we feel a heartache, or we blame it on somebody. But this is not something that you want to either distract yourself from, or blame on anyone because it's a natural process. But what you do want to do is accept it as a natural process. Accept that heartache is a is the beginning of your journey back home. And then take the journey. Right? And then take the journey and then and 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 that heartache not only is it the call to come home, it also makes you simple I already said that it's also your driving force. Because heartache is the greatest driving force in the universe, or in in, in the human universe, right? And it's a starting point for the journey. And when you take the journey and you get connected, then it's a good chance that you become sloppy again and take it for granted. And then you'll drift out again, and then the heartache will come back to call you home again. How cool is that? How cool is that? (laughs) I mean, if I mean, if I'd invented the universe, I would have invented it like that. That is so good, <laughs> right?
0: Uh, it's so beautiful. Wow! What a what a gift! What a gift! This conversation has been so yeah. lovely. Well, thank you. So yeah, I much think for being I think, and
1: I think to talk about the 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 oil and the and the 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 uh, physical stuff, we should do another another podcast.
0: Deal. Because <clears throat> it, 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 it needs
1: it, it needs its own R. But this is the most important. This is more oh, important.
0: I love it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart and your wisdom. I you opened up something in me that really I felt very everything you were bringing up. So I know I'm I'm just gonna go be still for a while. And it just especially the focus. I'm I'm a beginner right now at so many things, and that's been really a unique experience. Yeah, but, you know, when you put yourself but, in such a.
1: I, I have news for you. I have news for you. Even if you go what we call balls to the wall. (laughs) Even if you go like that, when you're 81, you'll still be a beginner.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's why I say
1: I'm just getting started, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you Udo, so much for your time. And yes, let's do another podcast. Let's do a a health one. But this this does feel like this straight to the heart of the matter what people need and Um, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you.